0: I like to cook, and the one thing I've come to learn is that the best way to improve the flavor of any dish is to make sure you're using high quality ingredients, which is why I love using ButcherBox to get all my meat, poultry, and fish products. They are far and away the best option out there, so if you haven't yet ordered from them, I highly encourage you to give them a try today. Not only do they give you tons of options, you can get any cut you want and it's always top of the line. But It's also way more convenient than going to the butcher or grocery store. They always provide free delivery right to your door. They have awesome ribeyes, strip steaks, and steak tips that have all the right marbling, chicken wings, breasts, and thighs full of flavor, and their fish is all wild caught with no additives. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of those premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash scarymysteries and use code scarymysteries to choose your free offer and get $20 off. So one more time, because this is key. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef Three pounds of chicken thighs or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Use code Scary to get $20 off your first box. Oh, Canada, a vast, idyllic land filled with beavers, loons, lumberjacks, and polite, friendly folks. We have those things for sure, but there's a darker side to the great white north, full of mystery, crime, the paranormal, and dark history. Join me, Mike Brown, and co-host Matthew Stockton every Monday for the Dark Poutine podcast as we tell dark stories from north of the 49th parallel with the Odd Away game covering more international cases. You can listen to Dark Poutine for free wherever you find your favorite podcasts. If you're bored with the same old board games, then I've got a solution for you. Hunted Killer is the game that's getting massively popular and is changing the entire gaming industry in my opinion. It's a ton of fun because they send you a box of evidence that you sift through, as you get to play the role of detective and solve a murder mystery. It's called Hunted Killer, and we're lucky to have them sponsoring us on this video because it's a match made in heaven. And right now, they're offering twenty percent off your order if you use the promo code Scary. Hunted Killer launches you right into the middle of an ongoing murder mystery investigation. It's a lot of fun because you get to decipher codes, examine clues, and solve puzzles, all in the name of hunting down a killer. You get to actually sift through evidence, case files, and even audio recordings until you crack the case. So check out Hunted Killer and use our discount code SCARY for 20% off your first box. Just click the link in the description below and get 20% off with the discount code SCARY. SCARY. 6. Chilling Final Moments Caught On Camera Death comes to us all, but it's not all the time that it's captured for posterity, for all the world to share, see, and remember. The cases on this list are haunting because it features people's moments before they were killed. These are six chilling final moments caught on camera. Number 6. Darren Mitchell In May of 2016, floodwaters rushed through Texas and Kansas, sending waters into homes and streets. The heavy rains caused the river waters to rise, covering roads and homes, and causing hundreds of residents to evacuate. Those heavily hit were Texas cities located alongside rivers and creeks. Darren Mitchell, who was 21 years old, served as a National Guardsman in Navasota. While on his way home, His truck got trapped in the floodwaters on Highway 105, right outside of Brenham. While there, Mitchell called his brother, Roe, telling him the floodwaters were rising and that he had managed to get out of his truck. But later on, they were horrified to see Darren post a photo on Facebook showing floodwaters covering his truck windows. He added the heartbreaking caption, And all I wanted to do was go home. Days later, search and recovery teams would find his body downstream. To fill in the blanks, several witnesses came forward saying they saw Darren's truck get caught up in the floodwaters. At one point, Darren had climbed out of his truck and gone on to the truck bed. This was when he likely called his brother and told him he was out of the truck, but for some reason, he decided to go back inside the cab. About 10 to 15 minutes later, after going back inside... The floodwaters rushed in and flipped the truck upside down, covering everything with water. Lash and Doe Smith said the truck just disappeared after it flipped. Days after Mitchell vanished in the waters, his body was found close to Kai Kendall Creek. His death was one of several fatalities in the state when the floodwaters rushed in that weekend. At least six people died, and three were missing, two of whom were children. Even city areas like Houston had suffered during the torrential downpour. In April of 2016, Houston was declared a disaster zone after receiving 14 inches of rain. Over 1,000 homes were flooded and 8 people killed during the disaster. The former record was 11 inches of rain back in April of 1976. Number 5. Colleen Ritzer Colleen Ritzer was last captured alive on a video surveillance camera inside Danvers High School in Massachusetts on October 22, 2013. The 24-year-old high school math teacher was on her way to the student's second-floor bathroom after class. When she didn't come home that evening, she was reported missing by her family, and local police were mobilized to look for her. The only clue authorities found was a small amount of blood in the second-floor bathroom of the high school, But as it turns out, she wasn't the only person reported missing that day. Richard's student, 14-year-old Philip Chisholm, was also reported missing after he didn't come home from school. Shortly after midnight of the 23rd, Chisholm was found in Topsfield, a nearby town by a local officer. He was seen walking north on Route 1, and the officer took him in after he realized that he was the teenager reported missing by Danvers police. The officer searched through Chisholm's backpack and frisked him for safety reasons. Police found a knife and inside his backpack were credit cards, driver's licenses, and a pair of women's underwear. There was also a blood-stained box cutter. When the officer asked Chisholm where the blood came from, he replied, the girl. At 3 a.m. on October 23rd, police scoured the nearby woods of the high school and discovered the body of Colleen Ritzer. She had been strangled, raped, and stabbed several times. Her body was also defiled after she was dead and posed suggestively after it was dumped in the woods. Authorities pieced together what happened and concluded Chisholm had attacked, raped, and killed Ritzer at the school. At 2.30 p.m. on October 22nd, Ritzer had spoken with a teacher before leaving classroom A209. She couldn't access the faculty bathroom, so she headed to the second floor student's bathroom. Moments later, Chisholm followed her, wearing a mask to hide his identity. At 3.06 p.m., a student walked into the bathroom but quickly left after seeing someone's butt. The student assumed someone was changing and left. One minute later, Chisholm is seen leaving the bathroom after spending 12 minutes inside. A few minutes after that, the camera catches Chisholm entering the bathroom again, This time his clothes were different and he had with him a plastic recycling bin. He took the bin and pushed it out through the school and into a wooded area where it was later found 20 yards away from Ritzer's body. One student later came forward saying that on October 22nd after school, Ritzer and Chisholm were in the same classroom so he could get help with math. The student went on to say Ritzer mentioned something about Tennessee. At this point, Chisholm was visibly upset about the mention of it. Ritzer, aware of this, changed the topic. However, the student said Chisholm continued to be upset even after the subject was changed. Chisholm was indicted and found guilty of raping and killing Colleen in 2016. He was sentenced to life in prison with eligibility of parole after 40 years. Colleen Ritzer was described by friends and family as a young woman who loved her job, her students, And life. Number four, the stowaway. Regarded as a wanderer, 14 year old Keith Sapsford from Sydney, Australia, had an itch to see the world. His parents described him as incredibly restless, and he often left home several times to satiate his curiosity. To help him, his parents took him on a trip around the world but when they returned home, the teen ran away again. Not knowing what to do, his parents decided to send him to a Roman Catholic institution to help straighten him out. But Keith continued in his wayward ways and ran away from the institution several times as well. After attending only two weeks, Keith decided to leave for good. He ran away to the Sydney airport and managed to get onto the runway. This happened on February 23rd, 1970, so there was much more lax security than there is today, and certainly no surveillance cameras manning the area at the time. Sapsford squeezed into the wheel well of a Japan Airlines plane heading for Tokyo. But moments after taking off, the wheel well shifted to make way for stowing the wheel during ascent. That's when the stowaway teen likely lost his hold and plummeted to his death. As he fell, amateur Australian photographer John Gilpin was taking photos of airplanes taking off and managed to capture one of Sapsford as he was falling midair. Although he didn't see Sapsford fall down, he was shocked to see a photo of the falling boy after he had his film developed. Technicians believe Sapsford had been hiding in the wheel well for some time before takeoff, It's likely he also didn't realize the compartment would reopen to make way for the wheels after takeoff. Medical examiners said if he hadn't fallen off, it's likely the teen would have died anyway. Wearing only a shirt and shorts, he would have frozen to death due to low temperatures. He also would have passed out due to lack of oxygen. Keith's father said that prior to the tragedy, he had warned his son about the dangers of hitching a ride on a plane's wheel well. A mechanical and industrial engineer by trade, he told his son that months earlier, a Spanish boy stowed away in a similar manner and died as well. He told his son if he didn't freeze to death, he would be crushed by the retracting wheel or simply fall to his death, which unfortunately is exactly what happened. Number 3. Rebecca Elward Rebecca Elward and Joshua Davies from Mastig, South Wales, first met when they were only 11 years old. By late 2009, the two began seeing each other, but it was clear something wasn't right with their relationship, as Rebecca ended it after just three months. The relationship between the two ended bitterly on both sides, but the next year, in October of 2010, Davies invited Rebecca over, asking to see her again. Her family said she looked happy to meet up with him because she thought he was going to ask her back out. The 15-year-old got ready, put on her makeup, and wore brand new clothes she bought the day before. The two had to do a wooded area, a popular hangout for teenagers, and while there, Davies attacked Rebecca, recounting to a friend that he first tried to strangle her, and she kept screaming. So he grabbed a rock and began hitting her head until her skull gave way. After murdering her, Davies then called over two friends. His friend, thinking he would meet Rebecca there, walked into the woods and glimpsed at Rebecca's body lying face down with her arms splayed out. He later described Davies in court as being a bit shaky, but added he didn't seem upset at what he had done. According to the two, Davies told friends how he did it, even instructing one of them to pull back her hood to see if she was dead. When Rebecca didn't arrive home that day, her parents called the police and a search was underway. Attempting to create an alibi, Davies updated his Facebook page, saying he was at home and watching a movie while Rebecca was being murdered. As the search was happening, he even texted Rebecca's phone, faking concern for the girl. Originally, Davies had planned to return to the forest and bury the body, but one of his friends told his parents about the killing and the police were alerted to the body's location. When Davies and another boy were arrested, Davies attempted to pin the blame on the other boy. Apparently, Davies' friend had said that he had an apparent Jekyll and Hyde type of personality. On the outside, he was a good student, confident, and outgoing. But the other side of him was fixated on murder, and he would often threaten to kill anyone that crossed him. When Rebecca broke up with him, he was extremely jealous and possessive of her. What's more, This wasn't the first time he had mentioned murdering her. He told friends he wanted to drown his ex-girlfriend in a river or throw her off a cliff. He also spoke about poisoning her and leaving her to die in her own filth. None of his friends took him seriously though, thinking he was just doing it all in jest. Sometimes they would even egg him on, thinking he would never push through with it. At one point, Davies texts a friend asking him, what would you do if I actually did kill her? The friend replies and says, Oh, I would buy you breakfast. A photo of Rebecca in a blue hoodie with Davies is circulated online. It's said that the photo of the two was taken just hours before the murder. During the trial, Joshua Davies denied killing Rebecca, but he was found guilty of murder and received a minimum sentence of 14 years. The gag order on his identity was lifted by a judge stating there was a high interest in the case. Davies continued to deny his involvement in the murder before finally admitting he was the one who killed her in 2017. Number 2. Dina Wilde The image shows two people posing by a cliff in Big Sur, California, likely sightseeing. The woman looks tired, slumped over and leaning on a male figure. The woman in the photo is 20-year-old Deanna Wilde. In April of 1987, Deanna, along with two friends and housemates, B.J. McGinnis and 55-year-old Virginia McGinnis decided to go sightseeing in Big Sur, California. Virginia was the mother of Dina's ex-boyfriend, James Coates, who at the time was in prison Two hours before going on the sightseeing adventure, the trio had lunch at a restaurant. The waiter said Deanna ordered a cold, soft drink and seemed okay. Later that day, the trio headed to the cliff areas overlooking the ocean by the road and took various pictures while there. But the adventure turned sour when, according to Virginia and BJ, Deanna was standing on the edge of a cliff, lost her footing, and plummeted to her death 500 feet down below. Police and rescue were called in. Investigators thought it was an accident and treated it as such. That is, until Dina's family became suspicious that a day after her death, Virginia and BJ filed an insurance claim. Apparently, Virginia purchased a $35,000 life insurance policy for Dina just a day before the trip. She named herself, her son, and her husband BJ as beneficiaries. Even though the autopsy wasn't performed by a qualified medical examiner, he did do one unique thing and collected a sample of blood belonging to Dina. That blood was tested and it showed signs of an antidepressant in her system, medication that belonged to BJ. It's believed Virginia and BJ slipped some drugs into Dina's drink at the restaurant. When she was later seen in the photos looking drowsy and disoriented, it's likely the drug was taking effect. One photo taken while over the cliff shows BJ holding Dina at the side. She was looking down while he was looking at the right, likely watching out for any cars that might be passing by. It's believed shortly after this image was snapped, Dina was pushed over the edge. There is evidence Dina had managed to hold on to the rocks, but wounds on the upper side of her hands indicated she was struck with a blunt or sharp object so she would be forced to let go. When police looked into Virginia's background, they discovered she had a string of mysterious fires and deaths around her, and she had collected a $35,000 insurance on each one. This included fires at several homes she had lived in and the deaths of her own daughter and relatives. Virginia was found guilty of murder and was sentenced to life in prison for killing Dina. Her then-husband, BJ, was also charged, but he died in prison before the trial even started. Number one, tiger attack. On September 23rd, 2014, a video and photo of a man cowering in front of a large white tiger made the rounds online. The image had come from the New Delhi Zoo where a casual day out ended in tragedy. It was lunchtime when the alarm was sounded that a visitor to the zoo had fallen into the tiger enclosure. After falling from an 18-foot drop past a moat, the man seemed dazed. But the tiger in the enclosure, curious as to who had invaded his space, eagerly approached the man. The 450-pound white tiger named VJ was seven years old and one of several white tigers held at the zoo. According to eyewitnesses, the man was pelting this tiger with rocks when he leaned forward and either lost his balance and crossed the standoff barrier or jumped into the moat to get a better look at the animal. The man was identified as Maxud, a 20-year-old resident in Delhi. According to his father, he had a history of mental illness, and at the time of the accident, he had been working at a factory. Videos of the man cowering face-to-face with the tiger went viral. Soon after Maxud fell into the enclosure, the tiger simply stood within inches away from him, and silently watched him for close to 15 minutes. During this time, officials were scrambling to figure out a way to get the man out and shoo away the people who were in the area. In hopes of diverting the tiger's attention, onlookers began throwing stones at the animal and also began making noises. But this instead agitated the animal and provoked him to attack the young man. The tiger pounced on the youth with his paw before biting his neck and dragging him into his enclosure. Once inside, he dropped the limp body at the far end towards the left. An autopsy was ordered for the body to determine if the man was drunk, fell, or jumped knowingly into the enclosure. The family has settled with the zoo for damages. As for the tiger, he was examined medically to make sure he was okay. The white tiger was born in the zoo in 2007 and had never attacked anyone before. White tigers today are considered endangered. So there were six chilling final moments caught on camera. In a world where cameras surround us constantly, it's likely more of these types of images will surface over time. It shows that fate is truly fickle. One minute you could be there and gone the next, and only the memories and possibly images will remain. If you enjoyed watching this video then please consider supporting us on Patreon and subscribe to our channel. We have new videos coming out every Wednesday and Saturday we know you'll want to check out. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you soon.